Thank you for tuning in for another wonderful episode of Paranormally Speaking. I'm your host, Neil Parks. have a lot of really cool stuff lined up this week, talking about the um, ever-enigmatic paradox of the town of Point Pleasant and various other river towns in the United States where bizarre and unexplained phenomenon take place. We've got Mothman, we've got Frog People, you've got Strange looking um, killer whale-type frog beasts with arms and fingers and opposable thumbs stealing chickens from farms. And we have um, things that look like oarfish. There's a whole onslaught of things I'll be discussing today, Uh, my personal experience in Point Pleasant being one. Uh, When I was there in 2008, uh, the first time, actually, I should say, uh, that's when I was working on my first book. And I spoke to many townspeople, locals, and I went to one of the local dives that served uh, special Mothman-type hamburgers. Oh, that's what it was called, the Mothman Burger. I hope it wasn't made for Mothman meat. That would have been horrible. Uh, sad, in fact, because, hey, they found him, but then they turned him into uh, ground shock. So I spoke with this truck driver who frequented the area. And he said he was out one night about 10 years ago. It was around 3.30 in the morning, and he was taking a load and decided to take a shortcut through the munitions depot area, where the Mothman sightings were more prevalent in the 1960s. So he's driving down the same narrow road, which it's supposed to be big enough for two vehicles, uh, one heading northbound, one heading southbound, but the fact of the matter is it's very narrow. I call it a uh, glorified cow path. So he's driving down the road at 3.30 in the morning, and something catches his attention and gets caught in the beams of his brights and he stops suddenly and realizes that it looks exactly like a centaur the mythological beast the centaur centaur and if you've seen say the movie percy jackson or lord of the rings or even um, chronicles of narnia you've seen these creatures like half horse half man and he saw one um just walk across the road all genteel-like, look at him, and then look back at the tree line, and then jump across the road and completely disappear. Now, I'm thinking, because this isn't the first time someone saw a centaur along that same stretch of road. Uh, There have been other reports within the last three years of someone, a busload, a tour bus of, of people seeing what they described as a centaur. So I'm thinking that Point Pleasant itself has some kind of a strange overlapping paradox, uh, like my waffle theory I've shared many times before, where you cut the square out of a waffle and stack it on top of another waffle that also has the squares cut out, and you see multi-layers of squares. Well, those represent um, alternate timelines, alternate dimensions, alternate realities. And these things, Mothman being one, uh, Sasquatch being another, could exist 
where they're able to travel in and out of these paradox windows and go from one layer to another, completely undetected, and which is what makes them look as if they just disappear completely and into just thin air. Uh, that's one theory I've I've had for a very long time. A theory my wife has about Point Pleasant and the Mothman sightings is that in the 1960s, that was during the Cold War era. Uh, there was like next to nothing about any kind of military information or exercises shared with the general population because of the threat of the Red Scare and the Soviets and communism. And the Mothman sightings could have been as something as magnificent yet simple as a an experimental jetpack used by our military. And they were testing all the way out there undetected until a few people just happened upon it. And they the jetpack-wearing military man chased them out and scared them, making them create the legend of the Mothman, a winged creature, a cryptid that looks like a man, has wings like a moth, and red glowing eyes. That's a cute theory and all, but she is definitely the Dana Scully to me as Fox Mulder. But uh, those are some things I'll be sharing with you in this week's episode. So buckle up, sit back, and thank you so much for joining me again. I can't get my wife or kids to listen to my podcast, but for some reason you keep tuning in every week, and I thank you for that. And this is Neil Parks, and enjoy the show. Convincing stories of people who saw the Mothman in real life. Often described as a humanoid figure around seven feet tall with a massive wingspan and hypnotic glowing red eyes, the creature of legend known as the Mothman seems to be connected to tragic events across the world. Witnesses claim to have seen the creature of this description, with sightings becoming more frequent in the days leading up to the horrific events. Two bridge collapses, the Chernobyl disaster, and even the 9-11 terrorist attacks were allegedly preceded by Mothman sightings. What is the Mothman? Could it be a cryptid like Bigfoot or something otherworldly, perhaps extraterrestrial in origin? Reports of strange lights in the sky, an unnerving humming sound, and electrical interference have all been tied to Mothman sightings. Many have asked about this creature's possible motives. Could it have been causing these disasters, or should its presence be considered a warning of what's to come? Like a harbinger of sorrow, perhaps. Like any good harbinger of doom, the Mothman possesses a blood-curdling shriek that's been known to make those who hear it experience nausea and vertigo. The following are stories of people who claim to have seen Mothman and the disasters they experienced or narrowly averted. Two young couples were chased down Route 62 by the Mothman. On November 15, 1966, two couples, Roger and Linda Scarberry, and Steve and Mary Millette, were driving past a TNT plant where they saw a humanoid figure with glowing red eyes. Linda described what they saw on the side of the road as a bird-like humanoid creature with large wingspan and fiery red eyes. She said it was about seven feet tall, its wings folded against its back. You could see muscles in its legs, she recalled. The creature followed them as they drove back towards Point Pleasant on Route 62. Then it veered off into the fields and disappeared. The group went straight to the Mason County Police Department to share the terrifying account, which soon made its way into local papers. I wish we had never seen it. I wish someone else had seen it, Linda Scarberry said. 
The Mothman haunted Point Pleasant prior to the Silver Bridge collapse. The first of a series of strange sightings actually took place about 85 miles away from Point Pleasant in Clendenden, West Virginia. Five grave diggers heard a rustling in the trees, overheard, and looked up to find what they claimed was a flying man directly above them. Over the next few days, more reports started trickling in. Two volunteer firemen described a large bird with red eyes. At least a hundred reports from people of all ages circulated throughout Point Pleasant between November of 1966 and December of 1967, describing a monster that was able to ascend straight up into the air like a helicopter. All of the witnesses described the same bird man with glowing hypnotic red eyes and the wings of a bat. Mary Heyer, a reporter at the time of the Mothman sightings, received over 500 phone calls, not only about the mysterious creature, but also about strange lights in the sky, electrical interference, mysterious humming sounds, and UFO sightings. Then on December 15, 1967, a year after the Mothman sightings began, tragedy struck during rush hour traffic on the Silver Bridge. It collapsed and 46 people died and the Mothman disappeared from the area. Imagine no longer being tied down to your computer, but having the freedom to take live talk radio with you anywhere you go. TalkStream Live introduces our first ever iPhone application. The talk shows you follow now follow you. And your iPhone is now the fastest and easiest way to stay connected to the best talk radio on the Internet. Listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Mobile talk radio from TalkStream Live. Now available in the iTunes App Store. On September 10, 1978, a group of miners in Germany came face-to-face -face with a seemingly headless creature with glowing red eyes on its chest, blocking the mine's interest. At first, they thought it was a man in a trench coat, but they quickly realized it was not a coat, but unfurled large black wings. The men remained in the mine entrance, stunned and staring at the creature until it let out a blood-curdling screech and sent the miners scrambling out. About an hour later, the men felt a seismic rumble and witnessed a plume of dust shoot from the mine as it collapsed. If the men had gone to their stations in the mine as usual, the majority of them would have died. It appeared as though what they dubbed the Freiburg Shrieker actually saved their lives. Another Mothman-type creature tried to warn people of the Fukushima disaster. Marcus Pules, an American visiting Japan, was out with a friend near the Fukushima plant when suddenly they heard a loud whooshing sound and a terrible screeching. As they looked back towards the plant, they saw a figure Pules described as large and black. From the distance, I was at it looked to be sitting on top of one of the squared-shaped buildings. It sat there for about five seconds when it unfurled a large set of what I could only describe as large black wings. The creature took flight, circling the plant a few times before coming closer to them. That's when I noticed the two large red eyes. They seemed to glow from within, and with a blood-red hue, they were unblinking in the three to four seconds we saw them. We knew they were looking straight at us. We knew this creature knew we could see it, 
and it made no attempt to disguise itself. Pules describes an immense feeling of dread that washed over him, and the creature vanished as quickly as it had appeared. It wasn't until Pules was back home in America, hearing the news on CNN about the devastation of the Japanese earthquake and the explosions at the very same nuclear power plant where he had witnessed the creature, that he realized he may have seen the infamous harbinger, harbinger of disaster known as the Mothman. The Mothman was hanging around the Twin Towers the week of the 9-11 attacks. During the days leading up to the terrorist attacks on September 11, 2001, several people reported sightings of a black-winged creature flying near the Twin Towers. During the attack, as the second plane hit, eyewitnesses reporting a creature flying parallel to the plane. Then in the days that followed, those reporting the creature were allegedly approached by men in black and warned to stop talking about what they saw. The Mothman is also allegedly connected to the Chernobyl disaster. The Mothman is believed to have been around for the worst nuclear accident in history. Throughout 1985, many scientists and other workers at the nuclear power plant in Chernobyl, Ukraine, claimed to see a huge black bird-like creature with the body of a man flying around the plant. Those who saw the red-eyed beast also reported a series of strange, harassing phone calls and a string of nightmares leading up to the disastrous explosion in April of 1986. On April 26, 1986, the day of the accident, several people saw the huge black bird actually flying around the smoke after the explosion. Even those in the nearby town of Pripyat claimed that to have seen the strange creature that became known as the Black Bird of Chernobyl. In the days leading up to the disaster, Pripyat was also affected and later evacuated because of the harmful radiation. The Mothman was spotted at yet another bridge collapse in 2007. Eerily enough, the I-35 West Bridge in Minneapolis, Minnesota was opened for traffic in 1967. The same year, the Silver Bridge collapsed. Then on August 1st, 2007, after a month of Mothman sightings, the I-35 West Bridge collapsed during rush hour, taking the lives of 13 people with it and injuring 145 more. Reports of the Mothman began trickling in on June 27, 2007, preceding the collapse by a mere month. Many claimed to see the humanoid creature flapping its massive wings in the surrounding area and at the bridge itself. An Illinois woman witnessed the creepy cryptid while driving just outside of Stewartville, Minnesota on June 27, 2007 called paranormal radio show host George Nori on Coast to Coast AM and described the creature as having a huge wing span with the width of a Ford. A West Virginia man claims his dog was taken by the Mothman. On November 13, 1966, in Salem, West Virginia, Merle Partridge heard a loud noise outside of his home. That's 90 miles from Point Pleasant, West Virginia. During an interview in Eyes of the Mothman, he recalled his television making a high-pitched whining sound and his dog barking wildly. After going outside to investigate, Partridge was startled by two glowing red eyes that belonged to no animal he had ever seen before. He also described eerie flashing red lights that seemed to be dancing around. His hunting dog took off after the creature, and that was the last he ever saw. 
he went out to search for his dog with friends the next day, but the dog was never seen again. The combination of hundreds of Mothman sightings in the area that year, claims of red lights dancing over the TNT plant and electrical interference during these sightings, has led to speculation that the Mothman might have extraterrestrial origins. An eyewitness in Wisconsin says the Mothman attacked his car on September of 2006 in La Crosse, Wisconsin. A Wally, a Cherokee man, and his son were driving home in an isolated stretch of the road at night when the Mothman attacked them. In an interview on Monster Quest, he shared his encounter. A Wally told how the creature flew alongside and then directly in front of their windshield, close enough to touch. They got a really good look at it, describing it as a bat-like creature, fleshy with sparse hair and red eyes the size of road reflectors. He described the monster's high-pitched screech that gave them vertigo and made them sick to their stomachs. The man's son pulled over and threw up on the side of the road. After returning to the location a few days later, in the daytime, of course, all they found left behind was a deer carcass they later blamed on a poacher. Roswell, UFOs, flying saucers, alien abduction, are we alone? Information regarding this and many other questions about the unknown are only a click away at www.theufostore.com. Theufostore.com offers hundreds of DVDs about UFOs, aliens, crop circles, conspiracies, Bigfoot, suppressed science, ancient mysteries. Log on to www.theufostore.com and request a free UFO store catalog. Theufostore.com, the largest selection of UFO products on the internet. I grew up in a really small town called Beaver, Ohio. My fascination with the macabre started at a very early age and growing up in Beaver, Ohio from the age of five until 12, when we moved out of Beaver, essentially down the road, a good four miles away from there to a even smaller town or village called Givens, Ohio. But when living in Beaver, I lived directly across the road from the old Beaver Cemetery. And this is where my fascination with grave marking and walking through old cemeteries and making etchings from carbon paper onto the tombstone itself and making rubbings. Uh, just collecting the names and dates of birth and dates of death of these strange people that I'd never met, but forming a bond with them by just trying to understand who they were when they were alive and finding family members who are descendants of these people and trying to get a grasp on the history of who they were, the impact they made on the lives around them, uh, what they liked to eat, uh, how they died. Uh, that stuff always fascinated me, still does today. I'm 44 and back then I was wicked young, but that's what drew me into the macabre and to the paranormal walking that cemetery at dusk and riding my bicycle through it, uh, looking at the mausoleums, looking at uh, the tombstones, the headstones, and at times, if lucky enough, encountering things that are virtually unexplainable and not of this world. Nothing ever hurt me when I was there. Um, nothing ever tried to get me while I was there. A lot of people ask me, how in the world 
Are you able to go into a cemetery late at night or go into uh, an abandoned property, a, a business that you know was haunted, a location that you know was haunted? How in the world do you just run in there like it's some sort of an extreme sport? And truth be told, there are people that are jumping out of perfectly good airplanes for a rush or what they consider a rush and parachuting. I would never jump out of a perfectly good airplane unless it were going to crash. I found a parachute and I'm like, okay, let's try this. But if the plane were in perfectly good condition and just flying over, taking off, then landing, why on earth would I want to jump out of it and risk the chute not opening? But to them, what I do is the equivalent of jumping off a bridge with a bungee cord or jumping out of a plane with a parachute. I don't see it as that extreme or that dangerous or even that um, exhilarating, but <clears throat> just fascinating, really, is how I put it. I thoroughly enjoy the history and the mystery of it all, and it's something that has really helped me in my writing through the years, just uh, as a youth being that fascinated with it, growing into an adult being even more fascinated with it, and my fascination and uh, ability to write about it and truly understand it has even drifted over to my children. My two kids are taking a crack at creative writing and they too love Halloween. They're always helping me set up the big huge Halloween display that I put out in my yard each year and each year it gets bigger. I'm going to have to try to outdo myself next year because this year is by far the biggest it has ever been and it has taken me a long ass time to put it together. So we'll see how that goes. It's been a lot of fun doing what I do and I continue to keep doing it till the day I die and then maybe someone will write about me and the legacy I leave behind you never know we can all only hope and wish that the impact we leave on the earth and for those that we leave behind is a good impact a good legacy and some good stories to tell here's the 10 million dollar question did U.S. Special Forces kill a giant in Kandahar Several conspiracy theory-oriented websites are claiming a biblical giant, much like Goliath, with flaming red hair, was killed by U.S. soldiers in Afghanistan. United States Special Forces allegedly killed this giant in Kandahar in 2002, and the government has been trying to cover it up, according to these sources. Several personalities and websites dedicated to discussing supernatural myths and conspiracy theories began claiming in 2016 that an American Special Forces soldier serving in Kandahar, Afghanistan, was killed in 2002 by a 1,100-pound blade-wielding 12-foot-tall giant equal or equivalent to the Old Testament times before the giant itself was taken down by the military. A Department of Defense spokesperson told them they had no record of such an incident. <clears throat> and I quote, we do not have any record or information about a special forces member killed by a giant in Kandahar. Current interest in the story appears to have been generated from a video created by L.A. Maruzili, an author, blogger, and filmmaker determined to link modern times with biblical creatures and prophecies. On the 13th of August, 2016, he posted an episode on YouTube of his series, Watchers, in which he claims to interview a military contractor or soldier who witnessed the blade-wielding giant on Kandahar <clears throat> kill another soldier before being downed by troops. 
whisked away by a transport aircraft and hidden away from public view. Marzulli makes the case that the giant was a Nephilim, which were described in the book of Genesis as offspring of gods and human women who inhabited Canaan in the time of the Israelite conquest. But when it comes down to details, he's vague, saying he interviewed the unnamed man at an undisclosed location on an unknown date. The interviewee, who he claims shot and killed the giant, doesn't give any details on the location of the alleged incident, other than to say it was a remote location in Afghanistan in 2002. He claims that he and others were sent to look for a missing patrol when they saw a scarlet-haired giant emerge from a cave and skewer one of their friends, who he called Dan, with a large blade. In the Army statement, it's sufficient, isn't sufficient. The only service member with the first name Dan, or Daniel, who died in Kandahar in 2002 was killed along with three others in an accident involving the clearing and disposal of explosives. There are no incidents on the Department of Defense press release page in which all military casualties are listed, involving a giant, likewise. There are no reports of an entire patrol disappearing in Afghanistan at that time either. Marzulli's video about the alleged giant incident, replete and growling animation, can be seen on the website provided. Hey guys, good news. The outrageously expensive little blue pill is now generic, which means you can get the prescription medication to treat ED at affordable prices. And hence makes it extra affordable. You pay just 30 bucks for a month's supply. And right now, get your first online doctor's visit totally free when you go to 4hims.com slash good. That's right, free, zero copay, no expensive appointments, no awkward face-to-face conversations to get your prescription. Hims connects you to doctors online who can evaluate you and, if appropriate, prescribe your ED medication. And a pharmacy sends it right to your door. Hims makes it affordable, private, and incredibly easy. Nobody likes dealing with ED. Now, thanks to Hims, nobody has to. And that's really good news. To start your free online visit, you need to go to this exclusive address, 4 slash good. That's 4 slash good for your free online visit. F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash good. Family is big around here. We're family-owned, family-operated, family-managed. And that means legacy. That means dependability. That means using Granger. With over 1.5 million products and knowledgeable product experts, Granger has whatever we need. And with same day pickup and next day delivery options, they have it whenever we need it. For over 90 years, businesses like ours have trusted Granger. Because, like family, Granger's got our back. Call, clickgranger.com, or stop by to see for yourself. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Crop formations, or crop circles, as they're commonly known as being called. Who's making them? Why are they making them? Where's the source coming from? Some believe that it's an ancient earthen technology that's been created by some mystical unseen force that science doesn't acknowledge nor will they even begin to understand or accept it that's creating these things from the ground up. Others say that it's some celestial being of... Uh, hybrid race, uh, highly technologically advanced race, creating these strange hieroglyphics mixed with geometric patterns. The interesting thing is when coming upon the site of a crop formation, uh, I myself have been to several, when sampling the soil that is within the formation itself, 
you'll notice that there's a like a soot to it. It becomes almost ashen-like. But at the same time, there's metallic properties that are within the soil all of a sudden. As if it's been distorted, the molecules have been changed. Also, the crops that are within the formation are swollen and slumped over as if heated. Something with extreme heat, a high level of radiation uh, that gives off a metallic residue uh, is causing these things. And this is not just the ones I've investigated. It's not your typical run-of-the-mill crop circle that some drunken hillbilly made with a two-by-four or they went out with four-wheelers and just ran all over the crops and, and made a symbol. And this isn't it at all. There are those instances where they've been faked. A circle can easily be faked if it's just that, a circle. But then you have these intricate designs and geometric patterns that would require you to have eyes from above in order to guide you and pinpoint you to where you need to put the crops or bend them or fold them. It would take entirely too many people, entirely too much time, and would easily be seen by anyone in the area when someone's trying to fake it like that to make it that extreme. It's just impossible. Now, the impossible thing, or those that can't fathom the reality that some higher celestial race is creating these things from a far-off distant area, or maybe they are coming close enough to us and they are cloaked and creating these things to try and communicate with us. And we're just not smart enough to know what the heck they're trying to say. And until we are smart enough to understand what they're trying to convey in these messages, then maybe we don't really pose a threat to them at all. And that's why they're toying with us. If we really posed a threat, then I'd say we'd be enslaved by a higher alien overlord at this point. But we're just, we're stupid sea monkeys to these beings, if this is the case. Oh, we're like a group of ants working in a colony. We pose zero threat to these beings, which is why they leave these little breadcrumbs of knowledge for us to hopefully figure out on our own. It's entirely possible. I'll leave you with this. I'm going to read an encounter I had in Peebles, Ohio in 2003 involving a crop formation and men in black. What better time than now for our government to sneak in a story like what I'm about to share with you, considering we are in the midst of a global pandemic right now, sharing vital information about the existence of UFOs. Now would be a great time for them just to sneak it in under the radar, undetected, and no one really even notice. The Pentagon has officially released UFO videos, uh, three short videos, in fact, of unidentified aerial phenomena that had previously been released by a private company. The videos show what appeared to be an unidentified flying object rapidly moving while recorded by infrared cameras. Two of the videos contain service members reacting in awe at how quickly the objects are moving. One voice speculates that it could be a drone. The Navy previously acknowledged the veracity of the videos in September of last year. They are officially releasing them now in order to clear up any misconceptions by the public on whether or not the footage that has been circulating was real or whether or not there is more to the videos according to Pentagon spokesperson Sue Go, After a thorough review, the department's 
have determined that the authorized release of these unclassified videos does not reveal any sensitive capabilities or systems, said Go in a statement, and does not impinge on any subsequent investigations of military airspace, incursions, or unidentified aerial phenomena. The Navy now has formal guidelines for how its pilots can report when they believe they have seen possible UFOs. The Navy videos were first released between December 2017 and March 2018 by to the Stars Academy of Arts and Sciences, a company co-founded by former Blink-182 musician Tom DeLonge that says it studies information about unidentified aerial phenomena. In 2017, one of the pilots who saw one of the unidentified objects in 2004 told CNN that it moved in ways he could not explain nor had he ever seen. As I got close to it, it rapidly accelerated to the south and disappeared in less than two seconds, said retire. U.S. Navy pilot David Fravor, this was extremely abrupt, like a ping-pong ball bouncing off of a wall. It would hit and then go the other way instantly. The Pentagon has previously studied recordings of aerial encounters with unknown objects as part of a since-shuttered classified program that has launched at the behest of former Senator Harry Reid of Nevada. The program was launched in 2007 and ended in 2012, according to the Pentagon, because they assessed that there were higher priorities that needed funding. Nevertheless, the former head of the classified program told CNN in 2017 that he personally believes there is very compelling evidence that we may not be alone. Monster.fandom.com that's monster.fandom.com. Well, that's all for today and for this week. Keep watching the skies. Keep searching for Bigfoot. Watch out for Mothman. Keep battling demons. Entertain spirits and ghosts because they may need you to cross over for them to cross over. And also keep an eye out for UFOs. And if you're in a big body of water, watch out for mythological and cryptozoological water monsters such as Champ, Ogopogo, and Nessie. Have a great weekend, and keep me in mind for next week when you want to listen to a podcast. Hopefully this was way more entertaining than most. Thank you very much.